so much for joining us today for an episode another episode of a soul's quest we have a very special guest today i'm jesse your host this is omar hey everybody and our very special guest is Terry stone. stone yay Hello, everyone. Clapping, hey. clapping. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and share expose yourself and be vulnerable with us yes, i'm happy to be here so exciting we're happy yeah. that you're here so yeah so, how good. are you? Everybody's good? Are We're you feeling good. good? Yeah, feeling good. Yeah. Uh, Omar always says that I just dive into these things Let's and I'm like, it. I don't oh. mess around. Oh, she's ready. <laughs> yeah. She, she, she goes like straight to business. I'm yeah. like, hey, so how now you doing? I'm trying how to keep it kids? relaxed. How's everything? Yes, how's you everything? You know, going back to work next week uh, after a summer yeah, off. Well, four little, four little weeks, but I'll take it. Yeah. Than a lot of people have. Yeah. 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 That's really but, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize, does everybody in the school district take that time off or is it just certain people? So there's certain calendars. Okay. Certain, uh, teachers have a calendar. Um, you know, administrators have a calendar. Right. So there's different, there's different uh, times that people are off. So nice. Yeah. And you get them, you get, get a, a little, I get a couple weeks. That's I'll nice. I'll take it. Oh, I would yeah. love that. Are yeah, you kidding me? That's, that'd be and, awesome. and what do you do with that time? We do a little traveling. Okay. Um, not too far. We like to stay close. Yeah. We always make a point to get down to the Keys. The Keys oh, are yes. our happy place. Um, and I do, you know, my home is important to me, and that's how I relax, and I am constantly looking for things to do, little projects mm -hmm. and improvements. And so um, I do a lot of that. I keep my girls busy. We Good. Camps, and then I give them some downtime too. Good. But um, we're not great with downtime. We uh -huh. don't really know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> um, we, we're all a little, we all, we kind of have a, we have trouble sitting. Yeah. So we're not big readers or we're oh, okay. not big, you know, relaxers or movie watchers. So huh. we get out. We get out a lot. You like action. Yes. That's good though. Action. Yeah. That's really good. good. Yeah. Omar yeah. says I have problems sitting. Yes. Still. For sure. She does. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. I try to. And my, my downtime is like really in the evenings. I like to just, yeah. all right, I'm done. Yeah. I can chill now. I'm not going to do anything yes. else. And I yeah. do that. I'm good at that. Yeah. I think I'm really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. See, the, band, the, the the preliminary romancing is not bad. You know, you're getting to know each other and talking instead of just like, let's get to business. Yeah, I can't help it. I just like, I feel like we're on a schedule. I don't want to no, waste No, there's no time. time. I mean, we have time. We have time. All right. So. <laughs> well, as, as Omar says, you know, we'll start with, you know, obviously we want to get to know you. Yes. We want our audience to get to know you. Um, and so. Omar likes to say, "How how start with how you were pitched into this world." He says, "Pitched hey. into this world." Well, we don't have a choice, right? We right. just we just get uh -oh. literally thrown into the into the mix here. Mm -hmm. Well, keep going. That's okay. fine. <laughs> so yeah, all right. So where were you born? Like where where are you from? Okay. So I was born in um, New York. I was born born in Long Island. All right. I don't remember much about Long Island because we moved here when I was four. Okay. Um, I am the second of four children. My parents were uh, 22 when they had me. I have an older sister who is only 11 months older than I am. Mm, wow. Okay. They had so their hands full. They had, they had <laughs> yeah. Two oh little goodness. girls. And then three years later, they had another girl. And then when I was nine, almost nine, my brother was born. So um, 
I've had a wonderful childhood. We moved here uh, to Florida. We moved to Jupiter when I was four. Okay. Jupiter. Jupiter's uh-huh. where we, we came. We mm-hmm. visited. Uh, we moved in with my grandparents for a little while, and then my parents found a home in Hope Sound, and that's where I grew up, um, elementary, middle, high. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yes. In that quiet little... Because there was like really? nothing to Hope no, Sound back then. Really. Sort of just like how um, Port St. Lucie was. Port St. Lucie really? was just like yeah. when I first moved here, um, which is like 20 something years ago, it was empty. Yeah. And I know people who were like born in Port St. Lucie that was like non-existent, wow. which is crazy. So, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So Hope so Sound. how was how was your child? How were you? How, how were you as a child? Um, in in this particular time, I mean, it's uh, you know, you're a person that likes to be active, I, and it was a little different I was then. Shy. Oh, okay. I think I was shy. If you ask my parents, I don't think they would th- say the same. But I remember, I remember being very shy. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, not just not confident around adults. Um, I had, you know, I had a little best friend in elementary school. Jenny Alexander was my best friend. <laughs> and um, are you still friends? Yeah. Aww, that's right. nice. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah, I was I was definitely shy and unsure of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did well in school. I was good. I you know I was uh, obedient. Mm-hmm. I was a safety patrol. <laughs> and, um, my grades, you know, I struggled with math. I got my first F in math. Oh, and that was like you know <sighs> disappointing myself more mm-hmm. than anybody. Um, but yeah, just a really run of the mill. I had two parents my my whole life. My parents are still married. Um, my dad was a locksmith mm. and my mom was a stay at home mom until my brother was, you know, I was probably in high school and my mom went back to work mm-hmm. and she went back to work in the school district and okay. she started as a, a cafeteria worker and worked her way out to, um, later became, um, a paraprofessional, which is like a, a teacher's aide uh-huh. for for me. Oh, okay. Which is another, we'll get to that. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, my parents were hardworking. My dad also volunteered at the Hope Sound Fire Department. Oh, and wow. So we just had, um, they had friends. My mm-hmm. parents had great friends. We had, um, we just had a, a really good, we weren't, we weren't, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we lived within our means, but for the most part, we had family around us all the time. Um, I had both sets of grandparents. I have wonderful close relationships with my aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. So we've had always had a very close knit family. Um, so yeah, nothing yeah. bad ever happened to me. Okay, that's really good. that during that time. Right. So that that environment of of community, yes. of family, of support, yes. um, that is something that was very instrumental in your upbringing. Yes, and still is, and still is because I still live here mm-hmm. in my community. Um, even the high school I attended, I worked at, I, my first job out of college, I returned home and I came back to my high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and my teachers were still there and, um, I still see them. I still see a lot of people, you know, that, that I grew up with because we all kind of moseyed back here. It's Mm -hmm. just a great place to live. Yeah. So, um, even my, my, um, when I was 14, I met. I had a boyfriend from when I was 14 till I was 21 that lived in my neighborhood that mm-hmm. um, I pretty much grew up with. I mean, I was very close with his family still at 47. I'm still, you know, I'm still, in, you know, I still interact with them on Facebook. And, yeah. we're, we're, you know, oh, so wow. it's, it, I, like I said, I had a really good life growing up. Yeah. I have no, you know. Do, did you ever feel that need to, you know, a lot of people that come from a small town, 
or are set in a particular area, they always feel as if, oh my God, I want to get out of here so bad and I just want to go to another place and, and experience something new. Mm -hmm. Was that always, was that something that, that was within you or? So when I, when I went, um, so after I graduated high school, I went to community college for two years mm -hmm. and then um, moved two hours away to Orlando. I okay. went to University of Central Florida. Go night. <laughs> Go <laughs> night. And then after, and after that, I ended up moving to Jacksonville for a year. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a waitress. I had that skill through college. Um, and that really kept me afloat a lot in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. um, I also worked at a learning center. I had kind of, I had a really great, um, friendship with two girls that I knew from home and mm. we kind of went, did this whole traveling thing together. Oh, okay. Um, so they went to Orlando with you and then yes. to Jacksonville. Oh, that's um, neat. Because, um, my, I was the first, the, really the first person in my family to go on to college. My older sister ended up finding someone, uh, settled down very quickly, had three children and, mm -hmm. um, my path was a little different. So I, I finished high school and thought, well, I don't really know what I want to do. Mm. I kind of still don't, but um, <laughs> I, I went. I said, well, let me just get my AA. So yeah. I traveled on to, um, and just kind of just went the way I was supposed to. Mm -hmm. My whole life has been like, okay, well, what's what should I do next? Yeah. Well, well, I'm supposed to do this. So, so um, I kind of fell into that groove of, you know, community college and university, mm -hmm. and then. And then I followed my friends. My, we decided, let's move to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. So while I was away, I definitely would miss my family. I okay. would call home on a Sunday and everybody be home and having Sunday dinner. And mm. I was like, I, I just want to be back. You it's just want to be where back. I want to be. Yeah. Um, now, no, I still I still just love my hometown. I Good. love the fact that I... I know, I just know families. I know, you know, who my kids' coaches are. I know I, um, it's uh, my students now are having kids. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I don't long for that. I long to travel. I want to travel. I want to see places, but this is home to me. This is yeah, home to sure. you. Yeah. Good. Good. No matter where you go, you'll always be back yes. here. Yeah. I, I got do. you. I the treasure coast. So. Yeah. So, so in that, um, in those formative years, um, you mentioned that you really had a good family. Mm -hmm. Um, you were a, a good student, except in math, <laughs> which is ironic, right? Because all you deal with now is data, <laughs> right? Oh, that's fun. <laughs> that's fun. That part's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how was uh, how how were the other aspects of life like when you term when in in terms of your your religious upbringing? Was that a very important part of of you growing up as well? So my father's parents were very religious. Um, I was brought up Catholic. Okay. Um, my grandparents um, very much expected my parents to make sure that we all attended Sunday school. We, we did all the sacraments, and my parents were committed to that. And to have four children mm. and to be able to, on a Sunday morning, when, you know, we just, especially three teenagers at one time, they had yeah. three teenager, teenage girls. <laughs> I mean, we it was a commitment that they followed through with. So we attended Catholic church. Um, I can't say I got a lot out of it mm -hmm. back then. And I, um, I'm sorry to say that that didn't, um, inspire me to continue going. Okay. So, um, I understood what religion was. I understood the stories and I didn't feel the, um, I didn't feel the meanings like I should now that I'm an adult yeah. and I can understand it was more of, okay, 
this is where we go. We stand up, we sit down, the bell mm-hmm. rings that you take your, you know. Um, so it was, it was more just, okay, this is what we do on Sunday. Yeah. So when I, when I got to um, become more independent and I left home and it wasn't something that I kept doing. Okay. And even um, later in my twenties and my early thirties, when I was a newlywed and, um, you know, looking to start a family, it still didn't, it wasn't something I kept up with. It okay. was, it was more of the guilt that I wasn't uh-huh. going or I wasn't um, fulfilling that f- fulfilling that obligation that my parents knew that they mm-hmm. needed to do. I didn't feel like I owed anybody anything. So I just kind of, I would go, I would go. And yeah. I would be like, yeah, that was good. Yeah. I should go again. But mm. I didn't. <laughs> and, um, you know, like at the point of my life I am now and the things I've been through now, I am seeking it out more. Uh-huh. And wanting to know more and looking for more answers, mm-hmm. which is the reason that you go. Yeah. Not because you're you're obligated or you pr- made a promise or you feel you should. That you should, so, yeah. Yeah. So what 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 is it in you? Because uh, that's interesting that you say mm-hmm. that. So you, as a child, sort of just did it because that was just what mm-hmm. you did. Expected. And then um, as an adult now, you just said that you are trying to go back. Mm-hmm. And get more involved. What 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 was that turn? Do you think because you just said you didn't feel like you had an obligation, right? How do you feel so, now? So nine months ago, I lost my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he was fifty years old. He had a bone marrow cancer, which led to a lot of problems for him, and including an um, organ failure. And he mm-hmm. went septic, and he died, expectedly but unexpectedly. Um, so I'm definitely. Um, going through those stages of grief. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about those stages, one of those stages is that anger. Yeah. And I'm, um, I have a lot of anger towards God. Okay. I have a lot of anger and unanswered questions and constant, um, you know, a a feeling of you let me down. Mm -hmm. We had all these people praying for him. We had, you know, a whole seminary of priests praying for him and, and, um, and I feel let down because again, Looking back in my childhood, nothing ever, nothing bad happened to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're brought up and you have this wonderful life and nothing bad happens, you think, wow, God is good. Yeah. Yeah. If I just pray for something, it'll happen. But if it doesn't happen, that's okay because it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. But when something happens like this where you have a wonderful partner and a loving father and mm-hmm. um, and you have this happy life and something bad happens and it doesn't make sense then you question yeah, and you become angry and you become upset. And I, in my heart, I don't want that anger. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hold on to that anger. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. I want to know why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to, you know, frankly, I want to know where he is. Yeah. What is heaven like? Mm-hmm. What, what does, you know, I, I, um, I get signs from my husband a lot. Mm-hmm. So is he here all the time? Is yeah. he, only hear when I ask for him. Can he hear my thoughts? Can he hear my words? And so I, I feel like if I let go of the anger and become a little closer to God, maybe I'll understand why he took him from, mm-hmm. from me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's funny. I, I am the type of person where I, um, I've always been the pleaser. I'm the second born in my yeah. family. And, um, my sis, my older sister, had a very tumultuous adolescence. She, she's very introverted. And looking back, 
um, I know that my parents were like, why is she in a room all day? Like, this mm-hmm. is not good. Like, yeah. and so she often rebelled a lot. Um, mm. and for the second born 11 months behind her, I was, I'll do, you know, whatever cannot upset my parents. Yeah. You know? Um, so I still have that, that little pleaser in me. So I still keep my little, you know, somebody when Troy died, um, gave me a little, um, daily prayer or j- daily story. And I, I keep it by my coffee pot hmm. and every morning I make my coffee and I'll read the story. And I'm like, okay. And I'll put it, but it's, it's still, it's still holding. I'm still holding on to that little bit. I'm not ready yet. Yeah. You know? Just yeah. not ready yet. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just interested because you had mentioned that. And so, um, cause I, we, we, we always touch on that in yes. our interviews anyways, cause we're interested in that aspect mm-hmm. of people's of, of a, of an individual's quest. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. And one of the things is like those, and we're going to touch more into Troy and we're going to go more, dive deeper into those feelings Mm -hmm. and that. Um, But one of the things that's important to all of us is understanding that, you know, through stories, religion, it's a way to, um, for us to guide ourselves. And it was helpful up to a point. Mm -hmm. And now you're questioning, okay, well, uh, there was more to it than when we got as, as children. And, and now you're in that uh, that point in which those questions need an answer yeah and that's that's great one of the things that i want to touch on is um you mentioned that your sister was a lot more rebellious mm-hmm. than you were mm-hmm. and, the, and being a teenager those are the times in which you are asserting your independence and and you alluded to the fact that that you were always a people pleaser and you wanted to mm-hmm. to uh make sure your parents were okay how has that translated uh, um, into your adult life? And do you go through a rebellious streak like she did? I feel like I'm going through it a little bit now. Okay. Um, because I, that anger that is bubbled up now. Um, and I'm 47. Uh-huh. And I, I've always been told by my, my older friends that, oh, just wait till you hit this age. You're not going <laughs> to take any crap from anybody. So I definitely feel that coming on. Okay. Um, being a little more assertive mm-hmm. or being a little more direct. Um, my, my job currently right now is I, I, I'm a public educator, public school educator. Um, I taught special ed for 15 years and then I started working in a position where it allowed me to work at three high schools. And we kind of, what we did is we just, my job was to help the guidance departments really get a system for finding kids that were really struggling, whether mm-hmm. it was academic or behavior or attendance. Mm-hmm. And then I did that for a couple of years and currently I'm at five middle schools. Um, and this is just the pleaser in me. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm working on because I do finally see it as a hindrance sometimes mm-hmm. um, because, you know, our schools need direction, they need policy, they, and often those things don't fit with mm-hmm. the reality of what the schools are going through. Yeah. So where we have a system in place, it's really, really hard to accomplish because it requires a lot more time and effort and resources from our schools. It's a plan and it's, that's the way we're supposed to do it. So mm-hmm. I really feel like I'm all all the time back and forth with, well, they can't really do that because yeah. you know they're they're struggling. So the the pleaser in me is. But isn't that a good thing? Because I've seen your work and we've worked together before, and one of the things that that is important in a system is the individuals. And I've seen you stand up, um, 
and you you look at that aspect of yourself as okay i need to work on that but i've seen you at work and I, and to me being an outsider coming in and seeing someone like you in that system that needs mm-hmm. evolution being one of those people making that change do you ever look at yourself as someone that that is making that change that looks at the system as being too rigid mm-hmm. and saying oh wait a minute you know they they need help they're overwhelmed because of this and that right. Like, isn't that something that is a, is a good asset to have? Yeah, I, I do think that um, I have been able to help in some aspects and really make others understand what's really happening and mm. what's happening, you know, boots on the ground. So I, I do. I go back and forth because there are times when I need to just say, no, this is how we're going to do it. Mm. So it's definitely the challenging part of my job. Yeah. But that's what makes it, it makes it fun. Good. So, What's the, what is the pivotal moment in your life in which you kind of like said to yourself, okay, um, I'm a young person. I appreciate the beauty, beauty that my family, my culture in that particular area has done. I want to go ahead out and venture out and explore. How was that transition? I mean, you went to UCF, you went mm-hmm. to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. How was that exploration time for you? And what what was the catalyst for you to go there? To to go and move away from home. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I like I said I've I've never been one with a direct goal and ambition and mm-hmm. and I this is what I want to do and I'm going to go do it. I see that in my younger daughter. Uh-huh. Um never had it. Never <laughs> had it. Yeah, um, it sounds like you just did a lot of what you societal expectations so to speak and again it was um i had two best friends and they were like where should we go and i said well which major doesn't have math (laughs) and we started (laughs) and truly as embarrassing as that is like that's why like i picked my and this has nothing to do with my really my current job today but my my bachelor's degree is in speech and language pathology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did, I, I got my, ba- my bachelor's. I finished my practicum and I'm like, I do not like this. <laughs> I do not want to do this. I, my practicum was a, um, I was being observed mm-hmm. um, once a week with a partner and we had a five-year-old little girl with cerebral palsy, cerebral palsy, and she couldn't really communicate. And when I look back at that experience, I am mortified that I did not help this child because wow. I really didn't know what I was doing. And it turned me off to say, this is maybe this is not what you're supposed to do. Maybe you can't do this. Maybe you're not smart enough to do this. Mm-hmm. And I came home with my table between my legs with this degree that I really couldn't use because if you really want to go further and you really want to be a professional in that field, you have to get your master's degree. Mm-hmm. And I was not, it was not my passion. It was not something I was excited to do. I didn't think I could do it. I had this terrible experience in my final semester and, um, I came home and my brother was in middle school at the time, um, and had taken a few, um, he had been assessed and, um, for learning disabilities. And my mom had said to me, why don't you look into becoming a special ed teacher? Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I can't do that. Because mm-hmm. when you think about special ed, you think about the severely profound mm-hmm. disabled. And this was 1999. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't realize, no, no, it's a wide va- range of, mm-hmm. of problems for kids. Yeah. So I ended up getting an interview at my old high school and um, got a job where I was a support teacher coming into a, a classroom 
um, which was a great first job because mm-hmm. um, I, I couldn't have been a teacher, that's for sure. But I was able to come into somebody's classroom and figure out, I, I got placed in the biology courses for ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Okay, Terry, you have four classes. Mm-hmm. Each of these teachers have five classes and they're sprinkled in a, a lot of kids that need a lot of help. Yeah. And so I was able to kind of dumb down the material for these guys because that's how my brain works. <laughs> okay, yeah. we have, you know, we have this information. I'm processing it and I'm spitting it out in a way where they could understand. Yeah. And they really, I did well. And I thought, I love this. This is fun. Like mm-hmm. I can teach these small groups of kids that just need a little extra help. And after about three years of that, I said, I want to do this myself. I want my own classroom. <laughs> and that's kind of where I started my teaching. Um, still keeping in those students that needed um, the, you know, a little, um, we called it life skills curriculum. Yeah. And I flourished. I loved it. I was teacher of the year. Nice. I awesome. spent all of my days, my hours, like creating. And and um, I, f- I just, it was like one of the best years of my life is, is awesome. my teaching career, which, you know, like I said, that classroom experience um, lasted a certain period, but I, I mean, I have kids in their thirties now that yeah. I still, they'll miss them. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so it's been a wild ride. Yes. How is, what is, what do you feel as a, as a teacher, as a, an educator and the, that a lot of the, the results that we that that you're that are really impactful in the people in the person's life you don't really get to see often uh, yeah how does that feel so for not being a teacher anymore or like ask me that again no, no so like yeah. like when you <laughs> a lot of what we do has a you know we, we do measurements in terms okay they pass from grade to grade mm-hmm. or they go from here to there so they graduate high school and things so that's a way to measure it but the real success and the real impact that you have on a person's life you don't get to see too much later no, I don't. how does that feel i miss it okay i miss it and um it you know i i only have seven more years and i i hit my 30 years And, you know, there's this part of me that says, just go back, go back. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But then I see how much it's changed and it, the teachers have it really hard. Yeah. Um, and working at five middle schools, like kudos to these guys that are teaching middle school, especially um, because those behaviors are rough. And I, yeah. I, now that I'm a mom of two middle schoolers, <laughs> it's a lot. I, I um, but it, so I don't know. I go back and forth. Yeah. Um, being a mom has definitely put my perspective in in a better place and also um my priorities are different too yeah. so um i don't think i could put in the time anymore to to be a teacher mm-hmm. um because it's not just you know ends at three o'clock it's it's all e- afternoon it's on weekends and you're constantly thinking and you're constantly being judged by your administrators and your um parents mm-hmm. and, yeah mm-hmm. and it's a lot of weight on a person's shoulder so um being being a mom um a sole parent mm-hmm. um it's it's i couldn't do it now I yeah. as much as i loved it and I, i miss it um i can't i just couldn't do it yet yeah, yeah. so at this point so we talked about your um you know where you were born mm-hmm. you love your community went away to school didn't really have a rebellious right uh streak in you yeah. but you you tried things which is mm-hmm. a good thing i mean you lived in different areas so you at least tasted what yes. it felt like to be independent so when you came back 
mm-hmm. and you um, got your bachelor's degree and you decided to get your master's degree. Mm-hmm. Were you at this point in your marriage? So, I'm trying to figure out the timeline yeah. there. So I started that first year teaching, walked back into my high school, um, new teacher orientation and in walks my future husband. Um, <laughs> and we spent a few years dating kind of, we were, he was almost 30. I was 27, 28. Mm-hmm. And we finally started getting serious. Um, we, I got married at 29 and, um, the next five years we, um, we just tried to start a family and that was not happening. Mm -hmm. So, um, we, you know, we had a great first five years. We, we built a little house and we partied and karaoke and (laughs) traveling and made the best of it. But that was the first time in my life where I didn't, I wanted something and I couldn't get it. Like I was trying really hard. Mm -hmm. We we had done all these, you know, treatments and doctors and, and it, it just wasn't happening. We, we knew the causes and, um, we decided, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna take a risk financially and Mm -hmm. we're going to try IVF. Mm -hmm. And, um, we went through that, which, you know, I hadn't known anybody that that didn't work for. Right. Um, Everybody knew that had IVF were, were getting babies, and sometimes they would get two babies. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let's go. And so we ended up, you know, he, my husband was a teacher also. Um, at the time, he had, he we worked together for about two years, and then he ended up going to the next county that was, it was paying a lot more money, and mm-hmm. he was from that area. Mm-hmm. So he moved down. So we were both teachers and, you know, living off a teacher salary. We ended up um, putting our house on a second mortgage, um, to pay for the treatments and long story short, it didn't work, mm. didn't work. Um, mm. and it was devastating. Mm. And I kind of, that was my first taste of a little bit of depression. Okay. Um, I was working at my, like again, my old high school and, um, uh, it seemed like everybody around me was, you know, and these are the things that women feel when they're in, they can't have babies. Everybody else is having a baby. I can't. Yeah. So, um, I ended up just saying, I think I need a change. I think I need to get up. I need to, you know, I booked some trips. Um, I went and visited friends in New York city and mm. I went to visit my niece and nephews in Indiana and things I had never done before. We didn't fly growing up cause we, we didn't have a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I plan all these little things to get myself up and out. And then I made the decision to switch schools, which was a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. That was my home school and I had gone there and, yeah. but it was something that I needed um, to change. So, let me ask you something because this is very interesting. You're you're experiencing you're experiencing setbacks. Mm-hmm. You know you're you and you feel the frustration, mm-hmm. but you decided to do something to get your mind off of it. What what was that? What what went through you that pushed you to say, you know what, this is not working right now. I need a break. Yeah. Like what pushed you to that point? Because that's a, that's something that a lot of people can do rather than falling into depression yeah, right in the falling into depression i know that you said that you were falling into that but you said you know what i can't be here what was what was happening inside you that forced you to say i need to do something to get myself out yeah. of this funk it's funny because i'm going through it again with mm. this with this stage of my life and the grief with the depression mm-hmm. um, and the sadness and it all comes down to one word which is gratitude okay and i heard somebody um say gratitude is my compass like you have to and and one morning and I remember laying in my bed and I had, you know, I had 
been reeling from this loss and this loss of a dream that Terry, this might not happen. Like uh-huh. you might not be a mom ever. And um, I really had to, to, to kind of come to terms with that. And I remember waking up one morning and just being like, you know what? You can, you have this bed that is so comfortable and this house is brand new. Like it's five years old and you have two legs at work and uh-huh. you need to get up. And every step I took it, in my head, it was just, and you have a toothbrush. And it, you know, it was yeah. as silly as this sounds like there are people in the world that can't brush their teeth and uh-huh. they're running water. And it was all of that, that I just kept going and look at this and look at this yeah. and look at this. And just to fast forward to where I am now, with the loss of my husband, you know, I'm an educator. I've lived in this community my whole life. My husband was um, 22 years at Jupiter High School, mm-hmm. grew up in Jupiter, huge sense of community for him. When he passed away, there was nothing but loving arms around us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm constantly circling back to the, the gratitude. Yeah. Like, look at what we have. We mm-hmm. can, there, there's many people that, you know, when their when their spouse dies, they don't. They have to sell their house. They have to move away. They have to move back with their parent. And mm-hmm. and I so fortunately don't have to do that. And yeah. So it's all the it's that. It's what do you thing. attribute that? Because that's uh that's something that is experienced. Mm-hmm. That I that the gratitude and mm-hmm. is that because of your upbringing, because of your parents, because of that sense of community. What do you attribute that? that essence of going always back when you are those dark places to be thankful and, and being. That's a really good question. I don't know. Um, you know, like I said, we didn't have much growing up, but we made the best of it. We, I remember going to the, the fair and being so excited, the fair and not realizing now my parents had to save up a lot of money to take four kids to the County fair. Yeah. yeah. County fair is expensive. Yeah, it is. Yes. And so, um, <laughs> I, and, but, I don't really know, Omar. Uh-huh. I really don't know what what caused me to to feel like this. Um, but I um, I always, even now, you know, I joined this Facebook page of wi- young widows with children or uh-huh. young widowers with children, and I thought I feel like I need a support group, but I'm not really ready to go meet people, yeah. and I don't want to be like me and a bunch of like really old people. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I thought, let me just try this little Facebook you know, mm-hmm. and, um, what it has done is just made me go, okay, like I've been through nine months of this and I'm here and I'm grateful to be survive this first nine months. And I'm yeah. grateful that I'm not pregnant, yeah. with a, you know, without a spouse or a partner mm-hmm. and all these mm-hmm. things. Every time I, I look at it, it's just this little reminder mm-hmm. of well, look, at, look at what you do have. Yeah. I don't yeah. have a lot of money. I don't have everything, you know, but I have so much yeah so that makes I everything think absolutely it's absolutely. really hard for people to um i think sometimes what happens and and i'm only and I, i'm not going to make this about me but i think sometimes we take all of our situations like all the stuff that's going on in your life and you it just compounds and it, it, mm-hmm. it bottlenecks and you feel so beat up that it's hard to sort of crawl out of the rabbit hole right yeah. but you had that wherewithal mm-hmm. to say i need to because in essence, you experienced a loss, right? Even when you were trying to conceive, because that's like uh, um, you're going through that the stages of of loss right. and that too, and um, that uncertainty and not knowing, yes. right? And so having the the fortitude and the 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 strength to say, I can't do this, you know, and be yeah. grateful for a toothbrush. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. It's right. hard for people to do that, and yeah. so I think that says a lot about your. 
character and your the the person that you are. So it's obvious that you had, and that's a, not that other people don't, but it's obvious you had a good, you know, family right um, structure. Right, and I think that yeah. sort of helps with that. Yeah. So. Um. I and there's always that sense of there's always a place to go if I don't have any place to go. Yeah. yeah. I have people. Yeah. I have family. I have you know I have help. Yeah. I don't often use it because it's something that that I just. I, it's my pride. I can mm-hmm. do it myself. <laughs> but I have, I have a sense of, you know, family and community. And for my job, it's sad because this group of this generation, there's so many broken homes. There's so many parents yeah. just trying to survive that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, I think the sole problem is that we, our kids don't have, they don't have that sense mm-hmm. of, yeah. okay, if the worst thing happens, mm-hmm. then it's, I'll be okay. Right. You know? Yeah. Now you, do you see that uh, as one of the primarily, I mean, I know that you deal with, Typically, the twenty, the bottom twenty-five percent of students who are struggling, who can't adjust. When you look at that demographic and the issues that they're confronting, are they, is this one of the top issues besides um, learning imp- impairments mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and, and you have to think um, the loss of the family structure and the loss of just um, that security. Yeah, it affects everything in a, in a young person and. Um, and, and, and when you start talking about kids and, and you and I are the same with this, if you give me, you tell me, you give me the name of a kid and you give me the basics. Oh, he's failing three classes and he's not coming to school. And then you give me a little more mm-hmm. then I'm caught. And then yeah. I'm like, tell me more, tell me more. Let's get the mm-hmm. files. What's going on at home. Let's call mama, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then you see the big picture of, you know, what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then it's really hard with this age group that we work with at the middle schools because in having, like I said, having two little young women that, um, <laughs> that are going through this stage right now and on top of losing their dad and all the, the grief that they're all going through, yeah. like it's not easy to get these kids to talk and yeah. it's not easy for them to understand what's happening in their own world. So it's overwhelming sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know, imagine working um, at five schools and really seeing that there are kids at every school, even the more affluent schools mm-hmm. have kids that are really struggling. Yes. So now, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> okay. You no, go now. You go. <laughs> I'm the host. You go. <laughs> oh, that's right. I just, I just, you don't have a mind works. So I'm always, no, I know. A, yeah, but go I, ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that. Um, so we talked about, you know, the different stages of your life. And obviously, I mean, I'm sure we could talk to you for hours. Mm-hmm. I feel like that with everybody that I've met yeah. so far, because he knows everybody most of the people. Everybody has a story. Yeah. Yes. And I know there's so yes. much more to it. And it's sad that we can't yeah. record for, you know, eight hours. But, um, and we do have to come to an end on the first part of your interview. But, um, so right now, you've experienced loss. You did have children, of course, now we know that. And so you went through that process, which made you a person that's filled with more gratitude, right? For sure. From from what you're saying. And then you've experienced the loss of your husband at a young age because you're young. Mm -hmm. Um, And so where are you like present, Mm -hmm. presently? Like what, what's, what's Terry today? Terry is so um, confused. Um, I am truly floating, just floating. Uh Um, I'm functioning. Um, I, for the most part, I am in a good mindset. Um, I, I did this time off this month that I've had off was a little more than I expected it would be. It was a little harder than I thought because I truly had time to kind of go, Oh crap, what is going on? Um, 
I took some time when Troy died. Troy died on Halloween of all days. And I, t- I was able, through my community, through the people I work with and their generosity, they donated time for me to be able to Aww. stay home mm-hmm. all through the holidays. And so I didn't have to go back to work until January. So I had a lot of good, quiet time then to be able to just, you know, get through that. Um, but it's been it's been craziness since yeah. then. I have two girls in travel sports and, you know, a full-time job. And it's just a lot. And so... Um, the grief I've just been kind of st- stepping aside and you can't, you can't do that with grief. You no. really have to just let it in and process it and let take its time. So, um, July was hard for me. July was a, a time where there were times where I just, I knew I had to get up, but I, I didn't want to. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm just coming out of that. Like, okay, it's time to get up and shave your legs. <laughs> and you need to go get your roots done. Yeah. <laughs> like, get it together, girl. So, yeah. um, um, so right now I am, I am floundering a little. Mm. I definitely am trying to figure out this new person. Um, I see a counselor every two weeks who is amazing. Um, and her, she, the last thing she said to me a couple weeks ago was there, this that Terry is not coming back. Like there is a new version of you and that's okay. Yeah. So now I'm just trying to find out who she is while juggling mm-hmm. um, the commitments that I have to my girls to be a good mom, to be present, to help them through this. Yeah. Um, there is not a lot of time for me. There's not a lot of time for my physical health and, and mental health, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a juggle, but I know um, I'll get there eventually. Yeah. So right now, this moment I am just kind of in still survival mode a little. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and, but progressing, right. you know, kind of progressing. Sounds like you're entering into that stage of evolving yeah. Yeah. into the new, yes. you said new Terry. Yes. So. And one of the things that's in- interesting about this is that this to me, um, as a soul's quest and the way that I look at stuff, it's that, that transitioning from adulthood yeah. to maturity. Mm-hmm. Now that you have experienced all these different things mm-hmm. and this uh, different scenarios, that is that transition. Yeah. And that transition is like you said, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, strange. You're questioning things, you're rebelling mm-hmm. um, because that is the natural impulse that, that, that we go through when we're maturing is if you look back um uh, by just listening and recapping what you said, you mentioned, you know, you had your family life and, and those transitions were easier because you had that foundation. Yeah. Now is almost as if, although that foundation is still there, you are evolving more as an individual. Mm-hmm. Although that's still there, it's, um, that transition is all about you. Right. So how does it make you feel that at least now you're like recognizing, oh, this is a really trans- a real transition and I have help and I have support, but it still doesn't feel good. <laughs> right. Well, you know, in, in this stage too, you're doing a lot of reflecting. Yes. You're looking at the reasons Definitely. why things happen. You know, mm-hmm. I look at the fact that we spent our first five years, like at the time it was like, why isn't it, you know, what now I understand, you know, I wouldn't have five years with Troy on the back end of our lives. Mm-hmm. So those five years that we had together were yeah. freaking so much fun. Yeah. And we were best friends. Like we had a great marriage because we had such a great time. And the fact that we had trouble conceiving, but the, you know, ended up with two amazing girls anyway, makes me like, 
God knew yeah. I better really want these kids because I'm <laughs> going to be raising them my whole life <laughs> without him. You know, so it's a lot of of reflection of mm. of just those past 47 years before mm. this event yeah. and what and I do believe that this is was all supposed to happen. I okay. do I do believe that it wasn't just a freak thing that happened. Um, so um, that's part of that whole process. Do you ask yourself? You know, you believe that if you believe that it's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. but do you ask yourself why? Why? Why is this supposed to happen? Do you yeah. ever ask? And what, yes. what? What do you come up with? Uh, why did you know? Is this more for? Was this because of this was the path of my life? Uh-huh. You know, like the intertwining of his path and my path uh-huh. and my children's path. Like, I, I just it's it's kind of like mind blowing to think. Well, we were very different. Mm-hmm. Troy and I. Troy was an athlete. He was he was um, witty and funny, but he was quiet and he was introverted. And I'm not. A, I mean, not athletic at all. You're the and, entertainer. And, I, and, I, and we were we were very different. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think we kind of battled with when we were dating. Like, what is this right? But there was this draw to each other for some reason. So I understand we were supposed to be together, but yeah, there's definitely a. Um, how is this all going to pan out? Yeah. Also for my girls, the, the death of their dad at ten and twelve. Uh-huh. What will that mean for them in their life? And mm. I know that you know eventually. Oh, this this happened because this led them to this. But I still don't like that. I still don't the sacrifice mm-hmm. of his. Death. You know, yeah, you had to sacrifice him for that. You for know. that. So it's just a, it's a constant. People ask me, "What's the benefit of counseling?" And I, I say it's because there's so much going on in here. Mm-hmm. There's so much to think about and so much to process and so many. It just becomes so loud. Yeah, you know. So that noise is distracting. Yeah, yeah. and there's just so much, so many things when someone dies in your life close to you to to really understand. Yeah. But those questions are, are, do you feel that, and I think that you alluded to that, that you know that you're in the brink of discovering more mm-hmm. things, but those questions still persist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have, and what, but what gives you the courage to answer those questions? Because some people will just revert to say, I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to suppress it. What gives you the courage to keep wanting to know and wanting to make sense of it all? There's no other choice. Okay. There really isn't. I mean, I I know, um, I guess I could say that, that I feel, I worry more about my kids. Okay. Because of the job that I do and that the kids that I see, things like this have happened to and what could happen. Like mm-hmm. I'm uber aware of the mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. And so I know I have to keep it together mm-hmm. and I've got to teach them what, what this is and what this is happening. So I think it's just more of this innate feeling to make sure my kids don't end up screwed up because I can't handle my stuff. Okay. No. And also how an adult, how I have to react to this. I have to go, I have to be mentally healthy. I have to be physically healthy. I have to, you know, I have to keep going. I have Mm -hmm. to keep going. And, and even, you know, I, I had this conversation with a friend the other day with in front of the girls and she was telling me I'm such a worrier and I said, I used to be like that, yeah. but I don't really worry anymore. I don't worry about things anymore because I know that like all the things that have happened, like I'm still here. Yeah. Like, I'm still here and I still have to keep going. So, and, and to me, like the worst thing that could have happened, happened to me. Mm-hmm. One of the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, you just have to. So, um, before we move on, um, I know the producer is looking at me like, all right. 
sadly. I, and it's yeah. really because I, I feel like we could talk to people for hours. Yeah. But we do have to come yes. to an end. But so my, you, have, you my, can have one more one question. One more question. May I please? <laughs> yes, you can. One more question. And I think I, I think that I kind of like lost it because I lost my train of thought. Oh, no. no but I did it. 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 So... We both are very much squirrely. Yes, we're very, we're very squirrely. Our conversations go in very different directions all the time. So (laughs) you are that you, and again, I've seen you work professionally. um, And I've seen uh, in, in, in this particular um, industry, uh, you could easily become jaded. And we've seen that. And we've seen in the interactions that some people may have with kids uh, and other adults, yeah, you choose not to. You know, I make I, I, I we we did the Myers Briggs assessment, and you are the entertainer, right? So it's like oh, that's you, where that came. From. That's where that came from. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, you know, it. it's one of the things that we did, and mm-hmm. we try to do it with all the kids. But you choose not to be better or become or become disenchanted mm-hmm. uh, with with the process, and it's evident in the way that you interact with people because I've seen it firsthand. Why do you choose that instead of becoming bitter? I know it's a hard question. I know the answer, though, because it's two part. It's one part. I work with amazing guidance counselors and administrators that truly care about kids, that Mm -hmm. they don't give up. And they're constantly um, advocating for for their kids. And then the second is the the kid, is this child. And, 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 and they're growing and they've had these things that happen or they're struggling in this way and they have nobody to help with it. They don't, the parents don't know how to help. And so you just have this, like, and as a mom, I don't know whether it's as a mom or just as, like, somebody that's, like, interested in just, like, being, I'm very emotional. I like yeah. to key in on people's emotions and, and I become, like, I want to help. You know, yeah. I just want that help. And when you work with people that are constantly we got to do something. We got to do something. This is a story. And then you have this poor child and it's just like, Oh yeah, let's do this. We can do this. Let's Mm -hmm. fix this. I'm definitely a fixer. I want to fix. I want to fix. I want to problem solve. I want, you know, so I think that's just something that you surround yourself with people. Now, like I said, I'm going through a change in my home house where I have to, my 13 year old, my 11 year old, they're going through that stage where, they're, you know, not only they're angry, yeah. they're grieving, but they're also just, they're just rude yeah. sometimes because they're that age. And I, it <laughs> definitely, I see how this affects me. Yes. It affe- it makes me, mm-hmm. it, it just brings me down. So uh-huh. that is something I'm working on myself mm-hmm. because when, when other people are charged around me, I'm charged. But when I'm around negative people, I'm like... No. I like I'm done no. mm-hmm. and you can't do that when it's your kid yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I'm having a really hard time right now with temporarily that. Yeah. you can but yeah, yeah. No. this is the stage well, that's, that it really is yeah. it's, they're young it's and they're they're going through a lot too yes I mean yes. you know and you've said that already so but this sets up the stage for part two okay. of your interview and so we're gonna end here Hopefully um, you enjoyed this interview. Part if you one. did part one of this interview, make sure you catch part two of this interview. But if you liked it, make sure that you give us a thumbs up and subscribe. That's it. See you later. See you Bye. next time. <laughs> Bye. No, we'll see you next time.